If you guys have been enjoying my podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could hit the subscribe button, leave me a kind five-star review, and share it with your family and friends. Your love and support mean the absolute world to me, and I just feel so grateful to be able to share my business and life advice with you so that you guys can live your best life too. Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, creator and owner of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. Master your mood. The top nine tips to get control over your life. This kind of reminds me of that song. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. The one that goes like, why you always in a mood? You know that one? Sorry, not sorry. That will probably be stuck in your head for the rest of the day now. And I know it's super annoying. Um, Chad's with me to talk about mood. What does it mean to be in a mood? What moods are we talking about? Basically, anything less than amazing and energized would be less than an ideal mood. Would you say so? You got it. Energy is so important. Being on top of your mood is even more important. So what kind of moods are we talking about? Any mood. We're human. We all have moods. It's a matter of what you do with those moods to catapult you forward. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Yeah, so any mood that you can be in that is anything less than amazing and energized, that's the goal. That's what we want to feel like majority of the freaking time. Um, And I don't think that people um, realize how significant mastering your mood is. Um, I think that it is everything. And you need to stop letting your mood dictate the happiness of your life. I, I am just going to tell you full disclosure. Like I said earlier in my intro, I am all about full disclosure and scrapping the sweet talk. I used to be the worst for this. Chad can definitely attest to this, right? You had your struggles, yes. <laughs> the struggle was real, okay? I don't know if... I don't know. Would you say that women are more moody or do you think that guys are moody too? No comment. No comment. No, but like seriously though. <laughs> Am I going to get in trouble? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all human. We all have emotions. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not even going to comment. Don't put me in this corner. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I would say that, um, Of course, I think that guys get in moods too. Like you definitely get in moods also, but like I think that women are generally more prone to it. I think probably because they're more open with their feelings and emotions and also too, they go through really weird hormone cycles. So I think that that like plays into it as well. 
Um, but yeah, everybody obviously experiences moods. It's just a matter of if they identify that or not. So, um, but just like anything, I've practiced and developed techniques on how to get my mood under control. And it has been a huge freaking game changer for me. Um, I've noticed a significant, um, increase in my overall well-being and happiness. And I am happy way more often for longer periods of time. Um, Gone are the days of other people influencing my mood or me staying in a bad mood for several days at a time. And thank God for that because it is miserable And life is way too short to be spending significant time in bad moods. Okay. Would you agree? Absolutely. You got to get out of it as quick as you possibly can. Yes, that is the key. And we are going to tell you the top nine tips to get control of your life. Um, And I just want to say that that is not to say that I don't get in bad moods or I'm not going to speak for you, but it's not (laughs) it's not to say that you don't get in bad moods. Right. Exactly. So here's the deal, right? Everybody's human. We all get in bad moods. And I've talked about this on previous podcasts, but if you're listening for the first time, um, the difference is, is how long you stay there, right? So if you think about when you're 16 and, you know, you break up with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you're going to stay in that bad mood for like months, right? I can definitely attest, like back when I was younger and like you would break up with your boyfriend or whatever, like you would definitely be in a bad mood for months. Like it ruined your like, year. (laughs) It was so dramatic. And that's the point I'm trying to make. And um, the more that you make mindfulness of your mood a priority in your life, you'll find that the goal of what we're going to talk about today is that how long do you get yourself out of that mood? So nobody is, you know, we're not superhuman. These are not things that, hey, we don't get upset. We're never negative. We're never in a bad mood. That's not the case. We no. are. We're human. Yeah. But the difference is because we are very mindful and we practice this uh, this kind of thing on a regular uh, daily basis, that when negative things, unexpected things, things that other people, um, you know, portray onto us happen that are frustrating and, and you know, really make us angry. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure, we're going to get pissed off. We're going to yeah. get frustrated. But and we don't stay there for an extended period of time anymore. Exactly. And I would say that um, if you're a business owner or if you're in business, there is plenty of opportunity to get put into a bad mood because you're dealing with problems all day. That's basically what you sign up for as an entrepreneur. You are basically a problem solver for life. Um, sure, you're running your business and making sure the operations work, but pretty much you're a problem solver. So that means that you're dealing with problems all day, um, whether that's problems in your business or problems with your um, family, anything, family or staff or uh, suppliers. That was the word I was originally okay. looking for. Um, but there's just so many um, different areas and aspects that you're responsible for. So there's plenty of room to be put in a bad mood by anybody or anything, if you let it. So that's why we're doing this podcast, because whether you have a business or not, um, the way in which you control your mood is like life changing. If you get a handle on it and get control over it and you're in full control. And we're going to talk about that. 
Um, so yeah, like we said, it's not to say that we don't get in bad moods ourselves. It's just the length of time that we choose to stay there. Um, so for example, um, for me personally, regular everyday annoyances don't phase me at all anymore. Okay. Maybe they used to when I wasn't working on this or I wasn't as far along on it. Um, but regular everyday annoyances, if I stub my toe or I spill my coffee, it is like so far from the end of the world that I just literally carry on and. Or the dog pees on your new carpet. Yeah. Oh my God. Can we like, (laughs) I freaking love dogs. That just happened today, by the way. Oh my God. Um, I love dogs so much, but like they're a freaking lot of work. And, um, I know a lot of our listeners have kids and stuff and oh my God, like that is a freaking job. I don't care who you are or who says what about anything. If you're a mom, you should be getting a freaking raise. Like, honestly, it is insane. The amount of work that obviously we don't have kids, but I have lots of friends that do. And just when I see them doing all the stuff they're doing, I'm like, that is like serious right there. Okay. I get pissed off about my dog peeing on my new carpet, but like moms out there, I can't. I just, I have so much respect. Anyways, so it is the amount of time you stay there. So it usually has to be a pretty big deal in the first place to even put me in a bad mood. So like I said, small everyday annoyances, they really don't bother me. If I got in a fender bender, sure, I would be like slightly pissed off, but I'd be like, hey, let's just go fix the car. Not a big deal. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how I've trained my mind to, um, identify those situations that put me in a bad mood or make me annoyed or make me angry. And I think about what is the solution and how can I get myself out of this mood? So it doesn't ruin my freaking day or my week or my month or whatever. Okay. Um, generally I can pull myself out of it relatively quickly, depending on the situation. Okay. Obviously if there is a death or like something that is like really like tragedy or something like that, I will be in a bad mood until I am able not to be. So there's situations like that, that are like way, like really bad situations that are much, much harder, but we're not talking about those situations. We're talking about minor everyday situations, other people putting you in a bad mood, which is actually like, you're just, that's your lack of control kicking in there. But imagine that you were able to be unfazed by other people's moods or daily annoyances, how much better and how much happier would your life be if you were able to have control over those things? Because I don't know about you, but I believe it would be significant. I think it would be so much freaking better. Absolutely. I mean, that's what's going to allow you to be happy. At the end of the day, you want to be happy. You want to minimize frustration, anger, anxiety, all those things. So we're here to go over the top nine ways to put you in an amazing mood all the time, regularly, get out of it quickly and set yourself up for happiness and success as you move forward. Who wants to be in a bad mood? Okay. Nobody. I think that this podcast is such a great freaking topic and I'm so passionate about it. And it really relates to 
every single person on this planet. So um, I think that you should share it with your family and friends, specifically this one, because it is so good. And I think everyone can relate to it and can learn something from it. Um, and it is just so important and it will make your life so much better. Okay. Um, it's the best news ever is that you're in full control of your mood. Okay. So I'm not talking about if you've got a diagnosed mood disorder. Okay. Stick with your doctor's orders. We, Chad and I are clearly not doctors. Um, but the following tips can still probably help you too. Even if you do have a diagnosed mood disorder, these are non-harmful things that are going to help you in addition to whatever else you're doing. If you're taking medication or you're seeing a therapist, which is amazing, stick with those, but you can also get some benefits from these tips as well. I seriously hope everyone listening learns to master their mood. It is such a freeing feeling and your happiness actually depends on it. Yeah, I'm really excited about this uh, topic today. Um, I know, uh, you know, Rebecca and I have worked really hard on this the last five years. And, um, you know, for many years of my life, I thought that I had no control over, um, you know, my life and my day. And it was totally dictated uh, by things that would happen. So, you know, hey, I'm having a good week because, everything went smoothly or, um, Hey, I feel good today because I, everything that happened that I expected to happen did happen. Um, you know, those are putting all of your happiness and your mood and your well being on hoping things go smoothly. But the reality of it is, and how life is, is these things are always going to come up unexpectedly. Things are going to frustrate you. Things are going to annoy you. And I remember when we learned this mindset, we were like, wow, wait a minute. So, there's a way to actually, you know, change the fact that when these things happen, then it doesn't ruin your week and it doesn't ruin your day. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm really excited to share it with everybody. Yeah. So awesome. So let's get started. Let's do it. Um, okay. So the top nine tips to get control over your freaking life and your mood. Okay. Let's master our moods together. Number one, morning routine. Okay. Set yourself up for success to start your day. Um, one of my favorite sayings is, uh, get ready. No, be ready. So you don't have to get ready. So that means setting your morning up, setting your day up, starting at the beginning of your day with a clear mind, um, and good intentions to start your day so that anything that comes at you throughout the day, you are already in a mental clarity zone, mental well-being, and you've already done what you needed to do in the morning. Yes, yeah, so let's just elaborate on that saying because I yeah, love that saying it's too. It's so fantastic. Good. It's so my basically favorite. what that means is think about a day where you sleep in or you mm -hmm. hit the snooze five times. You roll out of bed, you're scrambling to get your things, get the kids, get off to work, get off to school, whatever it is you got going on in your or morning. Or if you set like right? 25 alarms in the yeah. morning, that's like the worst. <laughs> I used to do that. I literally, did I not used to do that? You did. The worst I ever. I would yeah. have like 10 freaking alarms. Yeah. Oh my 
God. Exactly. Not a good way to start so your day. So think about those days, right? And then something unexpected happens, you know, you're not ready. So no. the whole, um, you know, get ready so you don't have to be ready. You're not going to be ready. No. Whereas you think about days where, you know, you, you went to bed early. You got a, um, you know, maybe you had a healthy meal the night before. You had a really good solid sleep. You woke up before your alarm. Um, you're excited to get out when your day. You started your morning with, you know, things that fulfilled you and filled your soul and you're happy and excited. And then something happened in the middle of the day, right? You didn't expect it. Oh my God, what are you going to do? You will definitely be much more ready uh, because you are in a spot where you prepared in advance, right? You think about, you know, getting ready for, you know, battle or, or whatever the case may be. I mean, these people train so that when it happens, they're ready. Imagine they just yeah. were thrown into battle with no training. Or sports I mean, actually is a good, yeah, like I mean, they practice so one, right? much exactly. so that they can go out there and win. So when it's crunch time, you're going to win. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we've really learned over the years is that, you know, it is a mental fitness game to be in the, um, you know, optimal state of business. They go hand in hand, right? So um, yeah, once you begin to, to realize that, and we'll touch on that momentarily here, uh, it will make massive impact in your life. Totally. Um, and morning routine is so important. And one thing that I would say about the importance of morning routine that I don't think a lot of people think about or realize, because when you think of morning routine, you just think about your morning. Um, your morning routine starts the night before it starts what time you go to bed at. Okay. And you should be going to the bed at the exact same time every single night. Okay. You shouldn't have, you know, okay, it's the weekend. I'm going to stay up till 3am and you know, then Monday comes around and you have to wake up for like 7am. Like that is going to mess up your whole week. It screws up your routine. And, um, we used to be the worst for that. We, well, me, I'm, I used to be like a night person. I would never be a morning person. Hence my 25 freaking alarms in the morning. Um, but now with how long would you say we've been going to bed at the exact same time, pretty much every single night, whether it's a weekend, a weekday, regardless of the circumstances, yeah, we make it, a priority. it is like super important to us because we have been doing it and we see the benefit of it. Okay. And it's significant benefit. The only time we don't do that is the rare time we go to like a concert that goes till whatever time and we just pay for it the next couple of days. Okay. And we do pay for it. Um, but those are such rare circumstances, especially during COVID. Nobody's going to a concert anytime soon. So that doesn't matter. Um, the sad thing is I do remember when we would go yeah. to concerts and <laughs> you would always want to leave midway through because it was bedtime. Seriously. Oh once we once we started <laughs> doing this like bedtime routine thing <laughs> is when I could not stay up like past 10 o'clock. Like if the concert was going past 10, I like I need to go to bed. Which every like, concert does. Every, obviously, because <laughs> like concerts are fun and they're supposed yeah. to be like a, a night out. Right. But no, that's too late for me. Um, I guess I just, maybe it just has to be a really exciting concert. Maybe I need yeah. to go to a Drake concert or yeah. Justin Bieber or something really exciting. Um, but 
Yeah. So anyways, so your morning routine starts the night before. Okay. So don't underestimate the importance of that. Go to bed at a regular freaking bedtime every single night and you will notice a huge difference. And you know what? You probably won't even need to wake up to an alarm at some point. Okay. I don't wake up to an alarm and I wake up at the exact same time every single morning. I wake up usually at like 7am every single day, even on my days off, even on days that I'm working, whatever I'm doing, I literally wake up at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable to think how far you came from when you used to sleep in till, you know, 10 or 11. And I would text you when I was on my lunch at the bank. Um, and, and yeah, now you, you don't set an alarm and you, wake up naturally at, at 7am like clockwork. It could even be on weekends. It doesn't matter when it is. It's because you've set up that routine. Yeah. Um, my and body yeah, you wake is up so feeling used fulfilled. to it. Yeah, it's great. And the fact that I wake up to no alarm. Okay. Um, I hope everyone can get to that point where they experience not having to wake up to an alarm. Even if you just have to still go to your regular job, that's totally cool. But like waking up to the sound of an alarm is like, it's excruciating. I hate that freaking sound. I don't care what ringtone you have for your alarm. It is awful. Like it is like (laughs) the worst sound to wake up and start your day to. Anyways, try to start going to bed at the same time every single night and you will not regret it. It is so important. And that is the beginning of your morning routine. Okay. Once you wake up in the morning, you know, whatever you do to start your day is up to you to determine like what sets you up for success, but make sure that it is something. Okay. Do not just rush out of the door, grab your freaking bagel or whatever you eat on the way to work and don't do it mindlessly. Okay. Wake up, you know, maybe you have your coffee, your tea, do some gratitude. Gratitude is so freaking important. Do some meditation, have some quiet time, Just whatever you have to do to clear your mind and start your day with like positive, good intentions is super essential to be able to handle anything else life throws at you throughout the day. Okay. Life will throw crap your way all freaking day. And I don't know why that rhymes. That's stupid, but, um, (laughs) it throws crap your way all the day and it, it's inevitable that that's going to happen. So that's why it's so important to start your morning routine properly. Amen. It's great. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah. Like, I mean, the thing is, is if, if you don't set up your morning to start your day in the right way, like you're, I mean, you're I don't, know what, the, starting I don't know what the statistic poorly. is, but it's probably like 98% of the population literally rolls out of bed, yeah. puts on clothes, brushes their teeth, grabs a coffee and rushes out the door and, driving away, well, I forgot my lunch and I forgot this and I forgot, like, it's just so unintentional. And what yeah. Rebecca's trying to say is that we craft our mornings in a very intentional way. So for me, for example, I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning, okay? I uh, meditate as soon as I get up because they say that cortisol, which is the stress hormone, is at the highest peak when you wake up, which is weird because normally when you wake up, sure, you're a bit groggy, but you feel pretty relaxed, mm-hmm. uh, but it's at the highest point. So I remember once I learned that, I meditate the moment I get up for about 10 or 15 minutes 
minutes. Um, from that, I, I typically, um, you know, drink two uh, 500 milliliter uh, bottles of water. Um, so drink about a liter of water um, before I have my coffee. And then I usually go for a run or do some sort of physical activity. Um, and then at that point, my, uh, my mental state is in the right spot and I'm ready to take on my day. So I do that religiously, intentionally. I don't do this seven days a week, but I do it a good four or five times a week um, so that I am ready so I don't have to be ready. Um, so it's, it's super important, right? And once again, that's obviously an extreme version of it. Okay. I was just going to say, like, Chad's morning routine is like... Are you training for the Olympics or something? Because like, that's like the ideal morning routine. And I feel like my morning routine, like I said, is coffee, gratitude, meditation, quiet time. There's nothing to do with running or meditating as soon as I open my eyes in the morning. That's like crazy. But he does do that. I can definitely attest that he does do all of those things. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's an extreme version. And Rebecca's is obviously a, you know, a lesser version. A but lesser version? I, okay, what? what should I call a it? I don't know. Version? Not as heightened. <laughs> hey, you're more heightened in creative things. Okay, I don't know. Well, right? I'm not always just, above you on that. Okay. It just goes to show that whatever your morning routine is, it doesn't really matter as long as you have one and as long as you are doing something other than rushing out the freaking right. door in the morning. So, okay? And that's the point that we're trying to make here. Yeah. Whatever that looks like for you that fills your soul, that's not dictated by the reactionary yes. measures of the morning yeah that is the intention okay exactly so whatever you craft that to be everybody's different right you google all kinds of successful people in the world they all have different morning routines but the principles are the same okay they all um, have one and you you know if you think about average people in the world they all do the same thing where they rush to the door they scramble and oh my god and i can't believe it here it's 10 it's oh my god it's lunchtime i forgot about this and what about this and yeah it's so scattered the difference okay so which side of the coin do you want to be on? Hey, if you're not there now, that's fine. Many years ago, Beck and I both were not there. No. We did do that. So this is something where you got to put in some work. You got to make some changes. And it starts tomorrow morning. But the right way is to make some sort of mindful intention as opposed to just dictating by getting up, getting dressed, and leaving. Yes, 100%. Okay. So number two. What you eat matters, okay? And I am so freaking passionate about this point because food really freaking affects my mood personally and it affects like everything for me. Um, Food is so important to my like emotional and physical um, well-being. Like it is like a lifesaver to me. So, and it's so weird because... Um, it sounds so basic and so like, what do you mean food? Like, you know, does anything like it's just food, right? Like, no, it seriously affects me. Like I've never seen anything affect me before. It's crazy. Um, so figure out whatever diet works for you. Okay. And by diet, I don't mean like a salad diet or like a specific diet. Um, diet just means like the type of food that you eat every day. That's what a diet actually is. It doesn't necessarily mean you're cutting your calories. It just means that the diet makes up your food. Um, so figure out whatever diet works for you and stick with it religiously. Okay. I am hyper aware of the foods that I eat that make me feel my best 
and also the ones that don't. And I will not eat anything that I know will make me feel like crap. Okay. I don't care if I'm at the family reunion and there is no food there that is going to make me feel good. I will not eat any food. I will literally go and eat takeout. Um, and by takeout, I mean like sushi. I eat like super healthy takeout. <laughs> um, but I will be in control of what I put in my body because it is up to me and only me. And I don't need to eat food just because it's there if I know that it's not going to make me feel good. Okay. And I feel like a lot of people feel guilty if they're at somebody else's house and they're serving something and whatever, but like you're responsible for what you put in your body at the end of the day. Okay. If you don't physically feel good, it's pretty much impossible to be in a good mood. Okay. And I have had my fair share of struggles with diet and eating and different food groups and stuff like that. And I've, I've done so much research and like experimentation and stuff like that. So I know that if you're eating foods that are not making you feel good, you will not be in a good mood. I used to be in the worst moods because I would, my stomach would always be upset, right? Like we would be on vacation, oh, vacation's the worst because they have the best freaking food. And like, how do you say no to vacation food? Like it's so much harder. You're in such a good mood. You want to drink everything and eat everything the worst. But I literally felt the worst on vacation because they put everything in the food, like all the oils and everything. Right. Oh my God. Just crazy. Yeah. So no, I commend you for how far you've came on this. And, yeah, you um, would know. I mean, you know, the struggle is real. And yeah, let's scrap the sweet talk here and talk about how, um, you know, yeah, you used to, uh, you drink a bunch of wine and, um, you, you know, dairy did not go well with your stomach. And I would um, die. You used to be like, babe, can you go get me a McFlurry? Why do you say it in that voice? Because <laughs> that's how you sounded. Oh. And I was like, Okay, remember what happened last time you were drinking and then you had a McFlurry? And then I'd be like, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> but if you want this marriage to work, go get me a McFlurry. <laughs> so I'm caught up between a rock and a hard place because if I don't get her a McFlurry, she's going to be upset because I didn't That's you know, right. do what she said. And then if I do get her a McFlurry and then it clearly is not going to jive with her, with her stomach at, you know, four in the morning. I'll be like, then why did you why get me that McFlurry? <laughs> <laughs> How dare oh, you? Man. Oh man, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Hopefully you guys got yeah. a chuckle out of that. I feel like everyone relates to that because I feel like a lot of people are like that because it's like, how do you, like, it's, it's hard. Struggle is real, okay? The point with food is that there's not a one diet fits all. Um, it's whatever food makes you actually feel your best. So food is not going to lie to you. Um, experiment with different things and figure it out. Is it going to be the best thing that you've ever done? Um, and just for example, like Chad and I eat very like opposite diets because our diets like work best for us. I do a keto diet. Um, I am gluten free. I will get really sick if I eat gluten to begin with. So the keto diet works really well for me because everything is gluten free on it. And I also feel my best when I eat a high healthy fat diet. So that works for me. I eat a lot of like salmon and meat and stuff like that. Um, and avocados are my favorite. And Chad eats, what do you eat? What's your diet like? Yeah, like mine's primarily just basic stuff. So like sandwiches and, you know, 
vegetables and I mean meat it's every now and like then, but vegetarian. not necessarily red meat. But yeah, like just just basic foods that uh, you know, wholesome old school style foods. Um, I just can't eat weird stuff, right? So if I eat deep fried or I eat oh, um, deep fried you know, is not bunch good for anyone's and, diet. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty straightforward. But yeah. the point that you're trying to make is that um, everybody here has a different threshold in their stomach. They know what makes them feel good. They know what doesn't. So, you know, it's all about thinking back, you know, everyone knows, right? Like when you eat these foods, you know whether or not you're going to pay for it or not. Yeah. You may be in denial. Yeah. Okay. I was in denial. All you want. I don't want to be like being sick over Cadbury McFlurries at Easter time. Those are like the best thing in the world. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to be in denial about that for a long time. So, you know, my stomach's going to like hurt and I'm going to be, you know, like throwing up or in the bathroom for like days and days on end, like, like a million years over before I acknowledge that maybe that's not the best (laughs) choice for me. Right. Um, but when I finally did and I was honest with myself and I stopped bullshitting myself, I was like, you know what? I don't think that these are good for me. They make me sick every single time I eat them. So maybe I just should stop eating them. Okay. And it's a sad, sad day, but I haven't had one in a few years, years. now. Years. It's crazy. It used to be a weekly which, thing. Which is fine because when I did eat them, I definitely ate enough to make up for the fact that I'm not eating them anymore. Yeah, so. you got like the large with extra toppings. Extra toppings in the Cadbury McFlurry <laughs> are like life. Okay. Like seriously, life right there. Um, so diet is super important. And um, I get a lot of questions from people asking about my keto diet. I've lost a lot of weight on it and I truly feel my best. I have the most energy on it. Um, when I do have cheat days, if I have like rice or potatoes or something, rebel. Oh yeah. Like watch out. I'm having a cheat day with rice or potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I don't go full out. Um, I, I am really careful on my cheat days, but, um, I do feel the consequences after I don't feel hundred percent. I have foggy brain. I don't feel as energized. So I do notice it. Um, but the point is, is that Chad and I eat very different diets and we both feel amazing on our own diets. And I, I think you've tried like keto food before and it doesn't make you feel good. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And like the high you fat stuff, you know, like I, I can't do the high fat, right? You like always I need, feel like I'm always fine after. with just a, you know, ham sandwich and, um, just basic stuff, right. That you have peanut butter and jam sandwich, just basic stuff, you know? Um, yeah, like I, I can't eat the, the greasy, like I can't do bacon. I can't do, I can't do any of the greasy meats. Um, I mean, burgers typically I'm okay, but yeah, I mean, it's all different. Like I try to eat primarily vegetarian. Um, if I do meat, it's the lean stuff, you know, uh, chicken breast and, um, fish. Right. But I, I try not to eat a lot of, you know, red meats or deep fried foods cause those don't do me well. Yeah. So that's our point. Yeah. Find out what diet works for you. And it doesn't have to be the diet your best friend is doing or that your husband is doing. Um, but you shouldn't be just eating whatever food is out there. You should really, the really. is being mindful. So yes. one th- the, if you get anything from this podcast, anybody who's listening, the theme of this entire program is mindfulness. So once again, it's not about the cure. It's not about the one stop solution. The solution is to be mindful. So yeah. if you you're mindful. Hey, I eat this. I don't feel good. Hey, I wake up late. I don't feel good. Hey, I do this and I, right. Just think before you act and do. And that is the key component to what hopefully you'll learn here. True that. 
Okay, number three. Move your body, change your mood, okay? Even just jumping on the spot for like five minutes like a freaking maniac, whatever, it doesn't matter, okay? It can change your mood instantly. Um, There's plenty of studies out there that prove that even short bursts of physical activity will have a substantial impact on your mood, okay? I've done this before too. Um, Chad and I both will do this often if we're feeling tired or low energy and it literally makes a difference instantly, okay? So you turn on your favorite tune, okay? I really like Lady Gaga. She gets me inspired in the mood and I jump around or dance like a maniac and it will change my mood literally instantly. You'll feel more energized and more awake and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, anything to just change your mood to to get you moving. Um, you know, physical activity is a big part of my life. Um, yeah, you're definitely more into the physical activity than I am. But um, like, for example, like if you haven't ran in a few days and you're like, I know I'll notice because you'll be like mopey and you'll be like, you'll have no energy. And I'll be like, can you please go for a run? Because you're being like, this is really annoying right now. And I don't want to <laughs> deal with it. So go run. And because I know that if you run, you'll be back to yourself and you'll be in a more fun and enjoyable, energized mood. <laughs> all right. Am I right or am I right? Pretty That's sure I'm it. right. So once again, it's all <laughs> mindfulness, right? Yeah. Whatever, you know, that works for me. It doesn't work for Rebecca, but um yeah, I mean, playing hockey my whole life and being physical and athletic my whole life that, you know, those are, that's a, an outlet for me. Um, you know, going to the gym, going for a run, those things clear my mind. Uh, you know, I don't know what it does. The oxygen goes to the brain and it, yeah, I mean, I come out of that and I just feel I can think clearly. I talk clearly, all those things. So yeah, whatever it is that works for you, but yeah, the physical stuff is a huge, huge component for myself. Yeah. And I definitely agree that it is really important and it is pretty substantial. Um, even though like I have to admit is definitely not my favorite thing to do. I would rather eat a healthy diet, um, every single day than work out. But, um, when the gyms are open, I do work out, I get a personal trainer and I don't have to think about it. When I go, I just bring my water bottle and put on my cute workout clothes and I show up and then, you know what, whatever the workout lady tells me to do, I just do it. And then I don't think about it and then I go home and it is like way more enjoyable than if I'm going to the gym and going on a piece of cardio equipment, I would rather freaking die. So (laughs) there's that. Okay. Let's move along. Number four, (laughs) number four is meditation. Okay. Um, I will just say that I used to freaking hate meditation so much because I get bored super easily and I like to be a creative person and I just love ideas and inspiration and meditation to me is very boring, but, um, It is actually the most important to me because I am all of those things. So I noticed a substantial difference when I started meditating. Um, I had to, it wasn't enjoyable at first. I had to force myself to do it. Um, I started doing it for like 10 minutes a day because that's all I could handle. I would get so bored. Um, But... I stuck with it for like a couple months and the results of it have been significant. Okay. I've been doing it for a couple, like probably 
yeah, probably a couple years now. Um, and I can think clearer, focus better. And there have been even studies that show that it helps with memory and concentration. So if you Google the benefits of meditation, you will find laundry list full and that crap does not lie. Okay. It is straight facts. And I've noticed the benefits significantly and Chad has done it every day. Probably you probably stuck with it more than I have. Absolutely. You got me into it in the first place. And yeah. I love meditation. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like I, I can't believe how good it is. So I love it now. Just to say, I do love it now. Like the best way to describe it for me is that, you know, if you think about like stressful situations in your life, okay. And instantly your body starts freaking out. You know, you get some weird feelings in your chest and in your stomach and you start, you know, breathing differently. You feel all weird and you, you know, it just impacts your whole being. Right. And so that used to happen to me all the time. And like, I'm an emotional person um, yeah, you which are. Which you can tell because I'm really excitable <laughs> the way I speak. Enthusiastic. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, like, this did, if you're somebody who's, you know, an extrovert, you're emotional, you're really kind of like heated, and, you know, that's me, right? That so, is you. So, hard on my sleeve, you know, this is how the kind of guy I am, right? And, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to that. And, um, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, meditation is an absolute game changer because what I found happen is that I would take those 10 minutes and I would always make the excuse that like we talked about in another podcast. I don't have time. Whenever, of course, who the hell has time to just sit there and just breathe Do for nothing. 10 minutes, right? <laughs> You'd be doing, you know, a hundred other things. Yeah. But what I found is I do that in the morning. And then when something would happen in the middle of the day that I was like, oh my God, like I, and I would expect my body to start freaking out like it used to. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't. No. And I was like, whoa, it like freaked me out at first. I was yeah. like, why am I not like, I, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, okay. And then I could just, so I didn't have to like overcome the physical mm-hmm. restriction and limitation with whatever challenge I was facing. So I could automatically go into that solution oriented, um, problem solving approach of like, okay, well, what do we got to do? And, and I would just think clearly and calmly and I could breathe better. And I, you know, so that was the hugest thing. And once I started realizing that benefit, I was like, okay, <laughs> like that 10 minute investment in my morning results in like endless hours of not being nearly as overwhelmed yeah. had I not done that. And that's once again, back to what you talked about in the beginning there, Becca, about, um, you know, be ready so you don't have to get ready. Right. Yeah. Like, like the whole, um, meditation thing, it really puts you in a state of calmness and chill. Um, I don't know. I would assume that it's similar to smoking weed. I don't really know. I've never smoked weed before. Um, but yeah, I would but assume no it's, energy. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, you would have no energy in addition to that. Yeah. So probably not the best thing, but it really puts your body in a state of non-reaction to those stressful situations, which is super, super cool. If you actually think about that. Um, and I highly recommend that everybody try it, even though it, it can be boring and it can be weird and it can be hard to sit there quietly and quiet your mind. 
Um, but just download a meditation app and do a guided meditation. Okay. There's tons out there. We use, what is it called? Headspace. Headspace, Yeah. Yeah, And it's so good. Um, the guy's voice is so freaking relaxing and, um, we pay for it as part of our employee wellness package so that all of our staff have access to it. And we just think it's so important to everybody's well-being. So I think you guys should try it. It's amazing. Don't feel awkward about it. The rest of the world's doing it. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, number five, gratitude, okay? I am, well, not just me, Chad and I both are all about gratitude, okay? It is the number one key fundamental to our happiness and well-being. Being grateful is the best quality anyone can ever possess and the legit key to happiness, okay? The thing about gratitude is that you need to be grateful for what you currently have in order to attract bigger and better things in the future, okay? Being grateful for what you have now does not mean that you should stop growing and striving for more. I think that that's where people get confused because they're like, oh, if I'm grateful for, you know, like my small little house that I have now, then that means I'll just stay there forever and I won't ever get anything bigger or better. And that is not true. It's not how the universe works. Um, Being grateful for what you have now does not mean that you should stop growing or striving for more because you absolutely should. Okay. Growth is essential to well-being. Um, if you're not grateful for what you have now, you will never be happy with anything else in the future. Okay. A lot of people think like, oh, if I got this, or if I made that much money, or if I had this partner or whatever, then I would be happy. Okay. It is not true. If you're not happy with the state that you're in now and learn to find gratitude. Exactly. So let me just give an example on that. Okay. So how many times in life have you, um, you know, wished and hoped for when that moment happened and then you'd be happy? And then that moment happened and you're like, and you feel this sense of like mixed emotion. I know that we both have because we're both very goal oriented people. Absolutely. So we've both achieved a lot of goals in our lives and reached them and then been like, oh, now what? Yeah, now what? Right? (laughs) It wasn't like what you thought it would be. (laughs) Exactly. And because we were so like grind, 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 push, and just kind of like just hustling and then you know, or just surviving for a lot of people, right? And then you reach it and you're like, what? That's all I would, right? And it's because we didn't stop for gratitude along the way. This is yeah. many years ago before we yeah. adopted this um, this culture. And I remember I was like, what's missing? And then everything I'm researching and learning and the type of, hey, you got to enjoy the process. Yeah, the journey. Like, the journey. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. So as I'm reaching this level of success, as I'm, you know, reaching to achieve my goals, I need to enjoy that difficult process. How do I do that? Um, but it was about finding little things within each day, within each week, each month. Um, even though those things were a lot of work or stressful or overwhelming, you know, because you're obviously trying to, you know, really put in that survival and that hustle mode to get you to your goal. But 
Yeah. I mean, the moment we started, hey, you know what? This is a learning experience. This is something that, you know, we can, um, you know, take something that we can use to help other people or whatever the case may be. We're, we're learning and growing during those weeks and months. And then once we reach that goal, like, oh my God, I love that whole process. I wasn't just like blinders on and, and you know, just trying to push through. I enjoyed that whole process. Then I reached my goal. We celebrated for like a minute and then we're like, now what's next? So it was just, let's repeat that process and go on to the next goal. And so each day, be, and this is like, obviously a lot of you know work to get to that uh, level, but you can start today with just being grateful for um, you know a beautiful sunny day or um, you know a smile on your kid's face or um, you know just being able to breathe and be alive and um, you know I use gratitude every day in my life when I'm getting you know fearful, when I'm getting stressed out. It's my instant go-to. Whenever I have those feelings of overwhelm, stress, anxiety, fear, all those negative feelings, as soon as I feel them, and once again, this didn't happen overnight. This is work. Yeah. I notice it. And then instead of like wallowing away in that, I go, okay, here it is. This is happening. Oh, no. Here we go. And I go... What am I grateful for? Oh my God, look at the blue sky. Look at the, And it seems silly. Remember, all these things always seem silly in the beginning. Yeah. But long term, they will not be. I promise you that. No. And I think too, like the more you practice gratitude, then the more you'll find that you're living in the moment and you're enjoying like the little things in life so much more. Um, and that is like literally what life is all about. So I think that people that don't practice gratitude are the ones that, you know, end up like 85 years old, like on their deathbed, like with a lot of regrets. Right. Whereas if you practice gratitude, um, throughout your entire life, you'll be like, you know what? I lived a really good life. I'm so grateful for everything and it's just it's a complete different opposite experience so gratitude is super important teach it to your kids teach it to your staff teach it to your friends teach it to anyone that will listen it will benefit their life and it will benefit your life okay number six mindfulness okay Tune into your moods. Don't let them run rampant and get out of freaking control. Be mindful of how you're feeling at all times because you need to be able to identify when you're not in the best mood so that you can get control and shift it. All right. Don't let your mood run your day or your life for that matter. Tune into being mindful of your moods and your feelings so that you can control them so much better, okay? If you don't identify your moods or be mindful of your moods, then how do you expect to turn them around? You need to know, obviously, and be aware. Don't just walk around being in a bad mood and not being aware of it. Like, that's literally the worst. And that's how you get, like, that's how you will stay in a bad mood for a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, you got to get out of robot mode. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what that's the opposite of mindfulness. It's just it going through the emotions. Yeah. Brush teeth, eat a bagel, go drive to work. Basically like a zombie. Eat lunch at 12, go home, watch Netflix, put the kids to bed, go to bed, repeat. Like that's not mindfulness. There's no intention. No. There's no awareness. You have no idea intentionally what's happening in your mind, in your head, 
Are you happy? Are you not? What's going on? Right. You know, and so, yeah, mindfulness is everything. I think back to you and I'd be like, have you ate? Oh, I forgot to eat lunch. I would always you know? forget to eat, especially if I was I like. Give an eight, like eight hours. You got to eat. Yeah. No wonder you're moody right now. Yeah. And especially because food is so important now that I realize that it's like the most important thing for me. Um, and especially when I'd be, you know, at the bakery all day and I'd be doing cakes and stuff like that, um, I would definitely forget to eat all the time. And it was so, so bad. Um, and I mean, I was the worst for mindfulness and I've put in the work and I have made mindfulness a priority and I am way in better shape now. (laughs) So what are some ways you overcame that? (laughs) I think just reflecting on it often and making it a top priority. If I set my intention for the day and I'm like, you know what? today, I'm going to be mindful all day. I'm just, everything else is secondary to the fact that I'm going to be mindful and check in with myself all day. And, you know, there's many different ways you can do that. You could set reminders on your phone to check in with yourself. Like you could set a reminder. Side note, reminders on my phone have saved our marriage. Yep. I can definitely uh, attest to that. It has, <laughs> it has definitely, definitely saved our marriage for sure. <laughs> oh my God. I used to forget so many things, right? And now Everything. I'm like a model husband. Like, did you a remember to husband. grab the, de- oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have oh, no problem. Right. Yeah. So all these things, eh? I, I, yeah, like I just, I'm magically aware and just remember everything. That's not the case. I don't remember anything. I'm a typical guy. I, my phone remembers it for me and it stays on my lock screen until I action the fact that I've actually completed it. (laughs) So if you are not using reminders on your phone, use technology to save your marriage. There, that's a key piece of advice in this podcast. Okay, reminders on your phone, save your marriage, everybody, okay? (laughs) Um, So we have iPhones. So basically all you have to do is what, say, hey Siri, set a reminder for. Whatever time, whatever reminder. Whatever time, whatever date, and then you just say whatever reminder is. You're welcome. Okay. And I'm not talking about like, um, reminders. Like I don't care if, if you remember our anniversary or our birthday or whatever. Um, but don't forget to pick up the wine from the LCBO on your way home from work. I will be upset about that. Yeah. That's happened before. Not I'll a, be, not a good ending. I'll be way more upset about the missing wine than the happy anniversary. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Anyways. So, mindfulness. Okay. Do it. Focus on it. Concentrate. It's way better. You will learn to adapt to it. And once you do, there's no going back. All right. Number seven, limiting the time you spend in a negative mood. Okay. How long do you stay in a bad mood for? Is it your entire day that's ruined or can you change your bad mood in like five minutes? Like I can, um, I can usually shift my mood around really quickly. Um, when less than ideal situations happen, because I use these techniques that I'm talking about in this podcast myself and they absolutely freaking work. Okay. Um, limiting the time you spend in your negative mood. What do you do for that? Yeah, absolutely. We talked about it earlier. Um, you know, it's about being aware that you're in that mood and, uh, you know, understanding that you can wallow away in that for the weeks and months that follow. Um, and who suffers, 
Only you. you. You're the only one that suffers. I remember. Like, Stop it, was, it. It was crazy. I remember when my grandma died a few years ago, and I'm not, you know, saying that this is a light thing, but like she was such a wonderful woman. And any other time in my life had this happened, I would have let it ruin my entire year, right? Oh my God, you know, 2017, worst year ever. But when this happened, I, like, I cried, I mourned. It was tough for a few days, but like I, and I snapped out of it and I was like, oh my God, I almost felt guilty that I wasn't like commemorating her better. But then I was like, you know what? I had just really been in a spot where I'd understand that in control of my mood thing. Cause we've been, you know, researching, watching all these people that were saying that, you know, you're in full control and, you know, uh, as much as society, you know, makes it think like, you know, you're going to, you know, conform together and, and kind of have a pity party together. That's not the case. Like that you, you can either use that to your advantage and understand that, or you don't. And I remember when I, I was learning that right when it happened and I was like, let's test it. Oh my God, let me see. And I, I couldn't believe it. I moved on. It was only a few days and God rest her soul, love her to death. And, and I'm sure she's looking down really proud that I was able to move on. And, um, she wouldn't have wanted me to just sit there and, and, you know, let it ruin my entire year. Like that's not what anybody would want. So, you know, it's, it's crazy when you start having these wins in your life of mindfulness and awareness and control of emotion, it's like, wow, the level of confidence you'll have coming out of that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, um, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely not going to get into this, but like when my Omen Opa died, which is in my book that's coming out soon, um, it's a whole situation and a whole story that happened at the worst possible freaking time. And I was not very far along in my development journey. And I had so many issues like still going on. I was going to therapy and trying to figure my life out. Um, but it was when we first opened our first St. Thomas location and I'm not going to get into the details, but it was a really, really challenging time. Um, and, but even still I worked through it, um, albeit like through many, many tears and I was very upset. Um, but I still pushed through and, um, I just think that the more that you can focus on limiting the time that you spend in a bad mood, even if something like that happens, it's like such a tragedy tragedy and such a like hard time. Um, find points in your day that you can shift your focus and your mentality so that it's not a full out bad day. Okay. So number eight is other people. Okay. And this one is probably like one of the most passionate ones that I can tell you. Um, do not let other people's moods influence your own. Okay. I don't care if it's your mom, brother, partner, or best friend, okay? You can feel empathy towards people who are in a bad mood and venting to you, but if you're letting someone else's mood impact your own and ruin your freaking day, you have got a lot of work to do, okay? Um, we are never, ever in control of other people's moods, emotions, or how they act. Okay. We are only in control of our own and nothing is worse than when people say, 
oh, so-and-so messaged me this morning and told me that they were super pissed off because of X, Y, and Z, and now I'm in a bad mood. Or if somebody says, my parents pissed me off, so I'm in a bad mood. Or my spouse was pissed off at me this morning, so now I'm in a bad mood, okay? No, do not let other people's moods influence your own. Also, drop your expectations of other people, okay? If you have expectations that your friend should act in a certain way and then they don't end up acting the way that you'd hoped, guess what? You're in control of not letting that affect your own mood, okay? Maybe it means they're not a great friend, but to let it ruin your day is absolutely the worst thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about that, like, I mean, it's kind of... You know, I think back, like we, <laughs> we put in so much work in this, like, yeah, we were there, right? You know, we, we used to, and we would even, even in our relationship, like those things would impact our day oh and, our mood and everything else. And the like, worst. you know, now when these things happen, and I mean, it's not like we're disrespectful or rude to each other at all, but you know, Hey, yeah, we have different things going on and maybe things are um, a little bit more passionate, but it's not going to ruin our day anymore. You know, we we know our intentions are good. We know who we are as, as people in our in relationship. Fact, I find it better though, when you're in a relationship and then like my bad mood doesn't like impact your mood because if I'm already in a bad mood, the last thing I need is for you to also be in a bad mood. And then we're just like in a bad mood together. You know what I mean? Like I like recently I was trying to set up my freaking um, video recording studio room. Okay. And I hate technology it pisses me off um, because it never works half the time. And half the time you don't know why you just have to unplug it and plug it back in for whatever God knows fucking reason. <laughs> it just really I love how you, makes me I love how you so say mad. God knows and fuck in the same sentence. Well, I mean, okay. Um, it literally makes me the most mad ever. And um, when that happens, I think that I need to work on being in control of my mood because I'm just not in control. But and then you come home from work and then, you know what, you're totally chill. You're like, it's OK. We'll just we'll get this like we'll get that. We'll go buy this camera instead. And like you're in such a chill mood and helpful and whatever. Whereas if you came home and I was in a bad mood and then you got in a bad mood because I was in a bad mood like that would, I would be way more angry and pissed off. Mm -hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it would just effect. snowball. Yeah. And then we would be fighting about probably other things too, because that's usually what happens when you're both in bad moods together. Exactly. Right? So there's, there's nothing worse than, um, you'd be chewing the spaghetti way too yeah. loud in my freaking ear. Exactly. Right. Which is my pet peeve so, ever. It is. It is. <laughs> So yeah, it's important just to understand that everybody around you is all human and, um, you know, whether it's your friend, your mother-in-law, your kid, whatever the case is, they're going to have different moods and emotions. And, you know, like if you think about it, it's already a challenge enough as it is to put yourself mindfully in a good mood every day, let alone trying to hope and pray that everybody around yeah. you is also in a good mood. And the reality of it is that's not going to happen. So um, I think the problem with most of the world is, is that, you know, they're involved with their family, their friends, their coworkers, their staff, whatever it is. There's always somebody that's in a bad mood every single day. So you're going to live 365 days of your life in a bad mood because somebody in that environment is in a bad one. No. Or are you going to take control and ownership and recognize, hey, I woke up this morning. I feel amazing. 
I'm sorry to hear you're in a bad mood. That sucks. Okay. I mean, I know it doesn't sound as empathetic as it could, but <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I ain't going to dictate my day. I'm going to have an amazing day because I woke up having an amazing day. And the fact that you are not in a good mood, then, hey, obviously I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but that's not going to impact me because I can't control that. Exactly. And also too, like, just think about it. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I don't, want other people to be in a bad mood just because I'm in a bad mood. Like my bad mood should have nothing to freaking do with you. Okay. And I really hope that it doesn't because it shouldn't. Um, but that's why mood is so important and getting control over it and not letting other people influence it because that is probably the number one thing that will F up your mood more than anything else is if you let other people's moods dictate your own, because how many people do you come into contact with every single day? Like Chad was saying, you're coworkers, your boss, your friends, your family, whatever. Um, do not let other people dictate your mood at all. It's the worst thing ever. So you really want to work on that and be in control of your own mood. Okay. Which brings me to my next point. You're in control. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. The last point. You're in control. Okay. You're 100 freaking percent in control of your own moods, emotions, and well being. Okay. You are in control. If you don't feel like you are, then get to work, my friend, and re-listen to this podcast, write this stuff down, and work on it daily because you are absolutely in control. You need to be or you will never, ever feel happy or fulfilled in your life. That's right. So yeah, we touched on it many times throughout this podcast. I feel like this is kind of a summary statement at this point. Um, but yeah, you're in control. You are in control. How, how much in control are you? 100% in control. Exactly. So, <laughs> that was so annoying. Um, I mean, it seems dramatic. We're trying to really drill it yeah. home. But, you know, for so many years, we didn't recognize this topic. Um, you know, many people are stuck in that victim mentality. Oh, that, yeah. Go that, listen um, to that podcast. We did that party, one a couple times ago. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I don't know how to get out of the. You do know how to get out of it. You're choosing the easier option. It provides you with sympathy and attention attention and um, support and all the other ways that fill those voids since you're a little girl or a little child um, that you use as an outlet to get attention. So um, once you realize that does not serve you as a grown ass adult in the real world, you are in 150% control of how long you stay in that state, how long you're in that mood, how long every part of it. Okay. You're not in control of, you could be through hell and shit in your life. Okay. I'm not condoning. You may have went through the worst of the worst, way worse than anything I could ever drop or imagine. But the difference is how long you stay there. Okay. So practice how long you stay there, turn the five days into five minutes of pissed offness. (laughs) Is that a word? I think it is now. Yeah, we just made it. (laughs) We just made a word. Okay. And you will see a major shift in your mood. I guarantee it. Yes, so true. So those are our nine points, top nine tips to get control of your life and master your freaking mood, okay? 
And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it if you could also hit the subscribe button, leave me a kind five-star review. Your love and support mean the world to me. And I feel so, so, so very grateful to be able to share my business and life advice and tips with you so that you can live your best life too. As always, thanks for listening to my podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk with me, your host, Rebecca Hamilton, owner and creator of Chick Boss Cake. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Hit me up on social media. I'm on Instagram at Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake or Facebook as Rebecca Hamilton. Today is a great day to make greatness happen and turn your ordinary life into something extraordinary. Start creating the life of your dreams today.